A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome to Swiftish. We're so excited to be here. Um, I'm Ashley. And I'm... Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm Shelby. <laughs> Am I Shelby? What's the matter with me? <laughs> I'm just starstruck. I'm a little bit flustered. Why? <laughs> We're around real YouTube celebrity. Um, we have um, English teacher KP on the podcast with us today. So thank you so Hello. much. Thank Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate this. Yes. Oh. No, we're excited. We... Um, we got a lot of requests for this because for those who don't know, um, KP has a channel called English Teacher KP on YouTube where she does basically live reactions to songs from a lot of artists. But the Swifties found you because you do a lot of Taylor yes. Swift <laughs> and yeah. um, you break down the lyrics and kind of from an English teacher's pers- perspective, which I appreciate because English class was always my favorite. I did. I was an English major. And oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah I didn't get to pivot it into a real useful oh, career okay. like you. <laughs> but it's in my background. And so I try to flex every now and then on the podcast. But I'm excited sure. to have a professional here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I appreciate it because I am not, I'm not an English major or anything like that. So your videos are part of my research so thank you so much <laughs> oh yeah no I I mean I taught in the classroom for seven and a half years so when I left the classroom I really just wanted a space where I could continue analyzing things so here yes. we are so what are you doing yeah, now? I was gonna ask like what was your journey yeah so I left the classroom back in November of 2020, just because of COVID. And it really wasn't the same anymore. Yeah. I started teaching online and I actually teach students in China. Oh. So I teach about four o'clock in the morning <laughs> to about nine, nine oh, 30 wow. in the morning here, which in their time is right after school. So, <laughs> you know, I love teaching them English, you know, how to speak, how to write, but I was like really missing that analysis piece. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. just being able to talk about characters and setting and word choice. Like I just love all of that. And that's hard to do with a six-year-old who speaks Mandarin. So <laughs> I decided to start my YouTube channel and I did at the very end of November. The last week of November is when I started it. So Oh wow, yeah. So you're yeah. you're fresh into the YouTube. So world. very new. Very <laughs> new. Yeah. I do have a question for you because similar to have you heard of Lauren Lipman? Okay. No. Okay. So she's a she's a she's a fellow YouTuber and she does reactions to like what Taylor Swift does. Not her not her songs, like not literally not like you. She does more like a reaction to a music video. And she really got her she she did some reactions to other celebrities, but she really got her found her niche when she started doing Taylor Swift. When she you Uh. know, you know, all the fans (laughs) started coming. So did you find that that's right? like a niche of yours was the Swifties just started coming and that's what got you kind of like boosted your platform? Yes. (laughs) And I was very surprised because I'm almost 30 years old. And so I I don't know if it's just different. You know, I Uh. love Taylor Swift. I've been listening to her since I was 16 and I was not really aware that there was such a huge fandom that existed among like teenagers, like young yeah, people mm-hmm. haven't been there since 2007. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, it was really surprising. Um, my first video that blew up was a Taylor Swift video and I was shocked. So it's <laughs> it's been a really crazy journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in a safe space because we're both 32. So. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'm a little older than okay. 30, like 34. <laughs> Let's just yeah, all say yeah. we're 30. <laughs> yeah, I'm 30 forever. Yeah, we've been labeled senior Swifties, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, can we, that's amazing. Can we talk about your journey as a Swifty outside of this <laughs> channel? You said you've been a Swifty since 16 years old. What really, what really drew you to Taylor Swift and kept you there? And what song was it that you were like, she has my heart, my blood, my sweat, my tears? Yeah. Yeah, teardrops to my guitar, one hundred. Oh, oh, gee. Uh, I yeah, I told you guys I'm old. <laughs> oh, uh, I grew up, I grew up in the country, and you know, in a really small southern mm-hmm. rural town. So I love country music, 
And I love the whole sound of the album. I was obsessed with it when it came out. And what solidified me as a Swifty, I'll never forget this. It was during lunchtime and I was like rocking out, you know, with my little MP3 player because 2000, <laughs> you know, and one of my friends tried to tell me that her album was not a country album. Oh. And I got into this like huge hmm. argument with them and I'm like taking up for Taylor. And it's like, <laughs> what we're not going to do is yeah. we're not going to pretend like she's not putting out amazing country music. Right. Uh, and so that's when I knew. <laughs> Yeah. That's when you knew. Oh, that's when I had knew. your heart. Yeah. Signed, yeah. sealed, deliver. Forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so have you been able to, have you stayed a Swifty? Have you been able to like um, follow all, like what was your, you know, 2020 was a big year for Swifties with two albums. Was that an exciting time for you? You know, yeah. I mean, it has been, you know, I think for me, the peak really was the Red album because that was when I was like in college. And that's my favorite Taylor Swift album still. Yeah. And I've always, you know, I'm still listening we to her album. We have a lot in stuff. common. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love it? Isn't it the best? Yes. Like, I Shelby just, and I bonded over album. Red. We are. We What's your favorite song from Red? I, I mean, I like All Too oh Well. But I also love Red. Of course. I also love Red, which I think pe- a lot of people oh, sleep yeah. on because I, I mean, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I went through a terrible breakup when this happened <laughs> and I was like, you know, clinging onto it. And then Red was like, yep, driving down that, that one-way road. <laughs> I'm out like, oh, it's every single song has like uh-huh. a, a bit of my heart. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm obsessed with Holy Ground. I'm a Oh, me too. That's my favorite song. <laughs> it's yeah. It's so I love good. It. And people like it's so good. Obviously respect it, but I'm I'm just yeah. shocked by how few people like really know about it outside of like I Swifty agree. Because it's, it's such a good I agree. song. <laughs> I'm also yeah. I'm also a sucker for State of Grace. I really do love that song. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great album. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that was like probably my favorite. And like, you know, I've I've kept up with her since. Twenty twenty was hard because she did put out two albums and it's like I was not over folklore I wasn't emotionally ready to move on and she's dropping another whole album and I'm just like so that's why it was kind of cool because when I started my channel I really hadn't listened to any songs from Evermore at all just because I had it I hadn't had the time have you you finished the whole album because you're doing blind reactions how how yeah I'm working through it I don't understand how I'm working through I get anxiety. <laughs> I'm working through it. <laughs> yeah. As people are requesting, just because, you know, I've found that people like it. And mm-hmm. so I really had to like hold back and not just like binge the whole album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did listen to this song before just be, so I could be prepared. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, with with the blind reactions, I mean, it's, you know, people like it. And it's something that I can kind of show how to analyze maybe a poem that you've never read before. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. If you can analyze a song, you can analyze a poem. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. analyze a short oh, yeah. story. You can analyze a novel. Like the skills are transferable. So I try to show that to the audience. KP, you and Shelby have a lot in common. So I'm going to ask you a question <laughs> because you said you brought up a poem. And last week we covered <laughs> It's Nice to Have a Friend. And that is one of my favorite songs on Lover. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. And it's like a poem. Have you yeah. have you analyzed that? Have you looked at that? Did you like it? I like all the songs in the Lover okay. album. I don't think I've analyzed any on the channel yet, okay. though. Um, wow, yeah, I haven't had the chance to sit down and break them down. Yeah. But I think... I think the Lover album's good. I think people don't give it enough credit. It mm-hmm. has some of her uh, best songs on it. For I sure. agree. I yeah. agree. Shelby loves I mean, Lover. I'm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the song Lover and yeah. Death by a Thousand Cuts. I just re-listened to the whole mm-hmm, album the other day. And yeah. There's some opportunity for some analysis. So um, yeah. if people want to request KP do some <laughs> deep I know. dives yeah. on the Lover, you what gotta about go to her channel and tell her you got to You got to cover me yeah. first. <laughs> I'll listen yeah. to anything with Brendan Urie in. <laughs> so. Oh, they're lucky they have you in their corner. That's when I haven't been able to get behind. I really struggle with me, but but my baby loves it. So I've really had to come to terms uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, but no, we're so excited that you're here. I mean, it's always fun to meet Swifties who are Swifties mm-hmm. in a different capacity because right. like you said, like it's one surprising that she does capture all the heart of new teenagers and tweens everywhere. Yes. But she's also able to maintain like us who probably, you know, according to some people in her life should have moved on by now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's exciting <laughs> to like see her, um, see her grow like that. And um, one thing yeah. we do on our podcast is we talk a lot about her kind of the 
the aura of Taylor, the the lifestyle around her, the um, issues she stumbles into, whether by her own accord or no fault of her own. And, um, (laughs) And it's been like we started with reputation, which obviously... There was a lot of ground to cover. She was making a lot of headlines. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's been interesting as we've continued is we've definitely had less like <laughs> of what we call the taste-blination. Like there's less happening on every week. But when she does something, she goes big, such as dropping a whole new album mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to deal with. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but like this week, I really didn't feel like there was a lot of Taylor Swift news. But I know Ashley has her pulse on the... I mean, there are, there's not a lot of like Taylor Swift news going on, but at the very end, KP, we're going to do what we call um, tea time. And I think that since we're all senior Swifties, we'll really (laughs) be able to talk about the the drama in the (laughs) fandoms. And that's the one thing that now that you're clued into this, this fandom, you probably have seen a lot of people bickering on your comments. Like if you have a Twitter account, a lot of people are just kind of like, there's a lot of like tension going on. And so at the very end, I do want to get your Mm -hmm. insight on some senior Swifty drama and slander so, yeah some slander okay. but not now we can get that at, yeah. I feel like closure <laughs> and then we can start talking yeah. about it okay yeah. okay yeah because it's uh like it. it's a mess it, it's really i'm on twitter i run the twitter and ashley does the instagram and oh, okay and it's an interesting it's an interesting side to the to the swifty world i i didn't see you on twitter so i don't think you've Navigate I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's a boundary that I'm just not gonna. Instagram's yeah. so much nicer. People make me feel a lot better about myself yeah. on Instagram. Let's just. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but with this being a song, a different format than you usually do, um, I'm curious, like, obviously the thing we love about you and that your followers love is this analysis you do which is usually separate from taylor swift's personal life um Mm -hmm. but do you feel like no do you feel like it's kind of tricky right because a lot of times taylor herself has said that she wants to separate her personal life from the music (sighs) Mm -hmm. but then she also has music that clearly is about her personal life which is totally her right and like so i'm curious how you manage that and if you are a follower of her personal life as well honestly I'm not really a follower for personal life and I haven't been since probably the Jake Gyllenhaal debacle <laughs> that happened yeah. like when we were in college like yeah. I was really about that tea like in freshman year I was like he didn't go yes, to her birthday girl. party yeah. like you know <laughs> and but like since then like you know I'm like a teacher and a mom like I yeah. don't have time to keep up with people's personal yeah. lives yeah. but <laughs> the thing about the thing about English is we don't really care about authorial intention mm-hmm. so In English literature, there's something called the fallacy of author's intention. Uh, And it basically means that once something is written, the text itself becomes alive. Mm -hmm. It's why we talk about literature in the present tense, right? Because it's a living, breathing, organic thing. And we can interpret the text just based off of the words. We don't really need a whole lot of, you know, context Mm -hmm. surrounding it. And so that's really how I go into most you know, reactions or most analysis videos. I I try not to worry too hard, (laughs) too much about like what Taylor meant when she wrote it. And I just view it as, I mean, a poem as a living, breathing text that is up for me to interpret. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love that. It's what's interesting about Shelby and I having this podcast is she comes back, she comes at it from a perspective like you do. And she follows Taylor's life too. So she kind of has a little more of like, (laughs) just a little bit. And like, and I'm just here with all the gossip and the tea and my like weird like comments on how this really interacts with her life. So I love that like we are able to bring you on this, and then there's the both of you giving us so much light to Taylor Swift's writing. (laughs) Well, with yeah, with that with that idea, which I I totally believe in the death of the author. Like I really I do. I also enjoy reading about what Taylor Swift's intent might have been with it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm curious, did you have thoughts on the Betty debacle of the folklore album? <laughs> okay, I can't give too much away because oh, I am okay. going to be making a video on my oh, channel okay. where oh, I talk yeah. about the entire love triangle. Yes, so here's a please. shameless plug. No, plug <laughs> all the <laughs> way. Plug, plug, plug. 
Um, but I do have a video scheduled where I'm going to be looking at um, Betty Cardigan in August oh, and giving it. my thoughts oh, about yes. the love triangle in general. So, Oh, Ooh. exciting. Well, yeah. I'm glad I asked the question so I know to look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was this a planted well, question? Tease. I know. <laughs> Free, no, but I'm publicity. excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to see what you think of it. Um, we talked a lot about that on our podcast too, as we went through mm-hmm. those songs. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we are here. We're moving past folklore. We're into Evermore. And um, when we invited you on the podcast, this was one song that you hadn't done yet, which is no. Closure, um, yeah. which is an interesting track. I, I know you hadn't listened to it, which is. I honestly don't right. know how you do that, but yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Um, Ashley, as a reminder, was this like one of, how did you feel about this when the album came out? Okay. This, <laughs> this, just the sound. This really, is a leading question. Yeah. This is, this, <laughs> she knows. Um, I, I have mixed feelings because I, ha- I have anxiety. I have like, I have my, my mental issues and this song puts me right there because of how like it kind of everything is Mm -hmm. kind of like you know like is racing and anxiety and the music is just going everywhere and it gives me it reminds me of my panic attacks and my anxiety attacks and I think that's intentional and I and when I listen through the whole song I really really like it but I avoid the song because it just puts me back into those spots and I think that Mm. that's exactly what Taylor Swift was trying to say in this in the song was she got a letter from someone and she started panicking and she's giving all of us <laughs> listeners the same feeling. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I you? felt similar. I, Evermore was a harder album for me to get in on first listen. And this was one of the mm-hmm. songs that was like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I, um, I felt kind of like it, I liked the idea of it, but sonically I was sort of like, mm, this isn't my cup of tea. And I like how she revisited the topic sort of on her bonus track, um, Time to Go. Is that what it's called? That's like the chorus of it. (laughs) I think so. But that was another, that was more of the the sound I enjoyed. And so I like that song a little more than Mm -hmm. Closure. But in preparing for this episode, like there's definitely a lot to appreciate about what she does here. And um, just to kind of break down the mechanics of what's happening, Mm -hmm. in, this is one that was written and produced with Aaron Dessner, but he also tapped Bon Iver to um, help with the production. Hold on. And how do you say the last name, KP? <laughs> Stop. I got like dragged no. to on one of my videos because I said Bon Iver. That's how I've always heard it. This, <laughs> no, this is, it was so funny because I listened, I watched that episode and it was actually right yeah. after Shelby and I, and I had recorded uh, yeah. an episode where I had said, I don't know how to say his last name. Is it Iver? <laughs> what is it? And Shelby um, yeah. put me in my place. And yeah. so that's when I was like, we're going to be best friends. We can't pronounce yeah. the same yeah. words. I, I, that's yeah. how I've always heard it. And, you know, and so it's interesting when someone was like, um, it's actually Iver. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very pretentious. It's yeah. Important. yeah. Sorry. It's like his name is Justin. <laughs> yeah. like, it's no. not even a real name. Yeah. Um, but no, Bon Iver, uh, he helped with this one. And um, this is another one sort of like, um, I think Dorothea uses a similar thing, but it's um, it has these odd time signatures and kind of time changes. So it's it's hard to kind of track the melody. And um, mm. Bon Iver also artificially distorted her voice by using this, what's oh. called a Messina vocal modifier. And so suddenly her like softer, you know, song you hear on things like Seven is suddenly this almost robotic growl. And um, that manipulation is an interesting choice that sort of played into the more experimental nature of Evermore as an album. And this is definitely considered one of the more (laughs) experimental tracks. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's an interesting choice, especially because it's between Marjorie and Evermore, which are two tracks that are much more I don't know, comfortable, <laughs> easy mm-hmm, listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is one that's sort of with divided critics. Either they didn't really mention it or they were like, oh, yeah, interesting flex, Taylor. But before you get into all that, let's take a moment, spare a minute for our new sponsor. Um, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love painting my nails. And yet I'm so terribly bad at it, um, whether it's the paint chipping 
getting old, gunky, not going on smooth, or the fact that I have an unsteady hand that means messy nail beds and smudges all day, every day. It was a vicious cycle. And then suddenly I discovered Olive and June. Their Manny system is the answer to salon perfect nails, all from the comfort of your own home. This polish lasts seven plus days, chip free. And with their Manny system, each at-home manicure comes to just about $2 a pop, which compared to the $40 I was spending on a gel manicure at the salon, this is the gift that keeps on giving. So if you like painting your nails, if you're bad at painting your nails, if you're even curious about painting your nails, then Olive and June is the perfect system to check out. It comes with all the tools you need in one box, from a file to a buffer to a detail brush and a magic polish remover pot. Um... It's a dream come true. Plus, you get six polishes with each kit. You get to customize which colors, choose from their curated selection. Plus, they have a patented brush handle called the Poppy that makes it easy to paint with both of your hands. So treat yourself. Take that at-home self-care moment. And just for our favorite listeners, we're giving you 20% off your first Manny system when you use the promo code SWIFTISH. Go to oliveandjune.com, pick your Manny kit and colors, and use SWIFTISH for 20% off. We're done with expensive manicures. That is so 2020. So head on over to Olive in June and see what the hype is about because we promise that you'll love it. But I'm excited to get into this song um, to see if the lyrics or the the sound with the lyrics mm-hmm. kind of changes things for us. Um, right. So we usually just read line by, well, verse by okay. verse type thing. Um I think Ashley's reading this week. Yeah, I'm reading. Awesome. This is where you two will shine, and I will try not to (laughs) botch it up when I read because this is always a fun (laughs) time for me to read. Let me see. Okay, so (laughs) this is verse one. It's been a long time, and seeing the shape of your name still spells out pain. It wasn't right. The way it all went down looks like you know that now. Yeah, I mean, KP, do you want to, like, kick us off so that we (laughs) – Teach us. So when I when I listened to the song, I was very I was very much like you guys and that I couldn't catch a beat to it. Mm-hmm. And so it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you can't catch a beat, you spend the whole song trying to catch a beat. And this opening part, I just love the way the words themselves sound, not necessarily the music, but the mm-hmm. words. I love the alliteration with the still spells, the repetition of those S sounds is mm-hmm. just beautiful. And it's just it's so sad. I love that the name is written out, but she doesn't say your name. She says mm-hmm. the shape of mm-hmm. because to her, when she sees the name, all she can see is sadness. All she can see is pain. Oh, it's just so good. I just love yeah. it. I like it too. No, it and... is like a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh no, go ahead. I'm going to just get into the drama of it all. So go ahead and analyze <laughs> it. We'll, we'll do that after. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it is interesting. Like Ashley said, the, the start of the song is very like, there's a cacophony of noise that you can't really like settle yeah. into. But then yeah. underneath that, suddenly there's this melodic piano piece that I feel like does mimic that attempt, that like idea of having this like anxiety attack or yeah. this anxious feeling. And then almost like she's working through some mindfulness exercise and she's like, okay, like let's, let's breathe, like take a breath here and like try and process it. And I like that there's that tension between the two sounds of it, because mm-hmm. if you strip away sort of that robotic, like da, 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 it is kind of a easy melody to get behind. Mm-hmm. And she kind of does talk us through her feelings. And so I like that that sets us up for this idea of her processing this old source of anxiety to figure out like does she still want contact with this person is is this like pain worth revisiting or like where is she now and so Mm -hmm. even though this whole verse is like tinged with sadness it's it's like we're not sure yet if she's happy he's reached out or if he's like if she's happy that they've you know come back to kind of give her closure because all we have right now is this like deep breath and this pause before the chorus but Mm -hmm. But there is some there's some tea on who this could possibly yes. be about, so I'm interested in what Ashley chooses. So let I'll do the chorus because that's where uh, okay. you find out what she's so anxious about, and yeah. then I'll give you my idea. So let's get into the <laughs> okay. chorus. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. It's a it's a cut deep to know ya, right to the bone. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. I know that it's over. I don't need your closure your closure. So here is where I've seen two theories. Um, we There's one that a lot of people think, you know, she was best friends with Carly Cloth. 
And a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe this is Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss got married. She is Mm -hmm. starting a family and she's just ready to just kind of be over the drama and just make herself feel better and like have closure with that relationship, which I can get behind. I totally understand that. But the more you get into the song and the more how it's like it's a cut and it's really painful. It really seems like it was this long relationship that had like really deep roots to it. And it was hard to really – and once they cut the roots off, it was like I don't even know how to live or breathe. Scott Bruschetta, that is her – you know, the Big Machine. That's an idea that it could be Scott. And Scott is very much of probably wanting to smooth things over, make nice for his career and not – you know – he did drag Taylor, but now he's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to send her a letter, ask for closure, apologize for everything. And then she kind of sees the shape of his name where she probably, when she saw the shape of his name, didn't probably like was so excited to see a text from him. So excited to see something from him. And now that it's that opposite feeling of where she's like, it cuts to even see his name because he took her life's work away from her, which I think is such a bigger deal than a girlfriend having bad blood with you but that's where i agree yeah that's yeah i completely good tell me Uh, more i love that you pointed out the use of the pronoun (laughs) the the fact that you point out the use of the pronoun your is so important because it's the closure is not for taylor right Right. the closure is not for the speaker Mm -hmm. the closure is for the person who wrote the letter Mm -hmm. um so that they can feel better so that they can feel like oh now everything's perfect again Mm -hmm. right so the fact that this, le- this letter triggers all of this anxiety for her, she doesn't feel better when she gets the letter. <laughs> yes. And it just goes to show, again, how she's being almost like manipulated. And it's just, it's very, it's very sad to me because I feel like the person who wrote the letter, their intentions were only for themselves. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually her feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all also a very familiar feeling I feel like especially for women like I just yes it reminds me so much of moments where someone reaches out and they're like you know I didn't mean it like that like why are you still upset like let's move on like Uh why aren't you processing this better and it's like I don't need you to go there for me like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm figuring myself out I don't need to like hold your hand through this or help you feel better because you never cared about my feelings or processed my experience and my perspective Mm -hmm. and so I do like that from the like I don't know this like the zen approach of her first verse it suddenly jumps into this harsher chorus that's like yes I did this I got it I'm I understand that you're what you're asking for but I'm not I'm not gonna need what you're giving me like I'm it's over like I don't need your closure and she Mm -hmm. also does this thing where she kind of like has this like pause before closure that makes it kind of a bitter like word she's spitting mm-hmm. out it's and it's in quotations in her lyric book yeah. because she's like I don't right. need what you're what you think you're offering me because it's not actually what you're trying to get from me yeah it's it's all fake yeah. I mean it's not nothing is genuine yeah and the tone of this just gets more and more <laughs> resentful as it goes on mm-hmm. and just becomes so like caustic almost yeah. um just because you can tell like this is really sent her down that path again mm-hmm. and brought up those negative emotions and mm-hmm. she becomes rightfully indignant yeah. as it goes on. And one thing I was thinking when just now was this person sent a, sent a letter, like, like you guys said, just for, just for the grace of it, just to say they sent this letter. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted that closure and you're really, I really valued Shelby. We got in a fight. I really valued her and I wanted to, have closure to that problem and move on, maybe I would have called. Maybe I would have done something a little bit more personal yeah. than I'm thinking it was probably a typed out letter, something like that, like just something that was just sent in the mail and wasn't re- – because, I mean, do you think it was handwritten or typed? I think it was typed. <laughs> just based off of the – I don't know. I don't know. Maybe based off the font and the music video, I'm reading too much into it, but I, yeah. I feel like a call mm. is so much more personal and can really resolve things better over like a one-way now, letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right because I think a letter is very produced. Mm-hmm. Like I can sit there and really choose all of my words very mm-hmm. carefully mm-hmm. and or that it sounds a certain way and has a certain tone. I can have other people read over it. Like it's a whole production as opposed to having to have a live conversation yeah. with someone. Which kind of makes you're more me, vulnerable. Which kind of makes me feel like it is Scott Bruschetta because you had said earlier, keep it um, – KP, PK, I don't know where I got that. You had said, <laughs> you had said, um, 
the letter seems very manipulative. Um, you had just said that yeah. it was produced. And when I'm thinking about Scott, throughout Taylor Swift's career, he has produced her. He has manipulated her into being like this like American sweetheart and wasn't really letting her be what she wanted to grow into as an artist or even as like a person with her own values and beliefs. And yeah. so this letter is really representing yeah. what he's done with her throughout his the whole career. And it just is continuing to go produced and manipulated. Yeah, I think it's um, interesting that. Oh, sorry, I got this alert. Um, I think it's interesting that she says it cut deep to know ya right to the mm-hmm. bone, because it's not just it's like an active thing where she's like, "I'm doing better," but it hurt me not only what you did, but knowing you in my life, like mm-hmm. having you in my life was a mistake, or at least it feels like it now. And mm-hmm. that sort of deep cut is like, it's not related to one instance. It's the the realizing that entire relationship has suddenly become toxic. And she talks a lot about it in like um, My Tears Ricochet, how yeah she presents that relationship as a marriage that has crumbled and how you you knew the best of each other and now that makes you so much more adept at destroying each other uh-huh. and so i think it's clear that she's feeling that again where she's like i am not only just mad about what you did like you can't even just apologize for that one thing because everything about us has been ruined at this point and so uh-huh. it's like i don't need your closure like there's no closing this chapter it's an entire destructive decade of memories that are just like tainted forever now yeah and and the part about the cut the cut being so deep and we think about that metaphor a deep cut like that that goes all the way to the bone that's not I mean it's gonna heal but it's always gonna leave a a scar Mm -hmm. right that's permanent that Mm -hmm. doesn't just go away Mm -hmm. a letter isn't going to heal that Mm -hmm. sort of hurt so the sense of this hurt is now permanent and now she's having to relive it almost because of this letter. Mm. Like I just really feel for the speaker. Yeah. In this. yeah. Well, and it's interesting looking at Taylor's life. She, I mean, I think Scooter Braun was recently in the news yeah. being like, Oh, I've tried to talk to Taylor. Like I mm-hmm. tried, but she won't open the door. And it's like this sort of victim blaming, like I'm giving right. her the olive branch, but she's rejecting it and that's mm-hmm. on her. Yep. And so even the act of, of trying to ask for closure is them getting uh-huh. a chance to be like, see, I'm the bigger person. I'm the better yeah. man. Oh yeah. And she's like, I don't need this. Like I, yeah. I got your letter. I'm doing better. I know that it's over. So you can keep your like mm-hmm. closure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Going into verse two. And I like how this directly leads us from what, you guys were saying about being produced and being manipulated from this person because she says, don't treat me like some situation that needs to be handled. I'm fine with my spite and my tears and my beers and my candle. I can feel you smothering me over. And then into the chorus, yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. It cuts deep to know you right to the bone. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. I know that it's over. I don't need your closure, your closure, your closure, your closure. <laughs> I think the line is, I can feel you smoothing me over. But Oh, oh yeah. But I can feel that. you smoothing me over. Well, I can feel you smothering <laughs> me over. See, KP, this is why I love it's when implied, Shelby reads. Yeah. <laughs> My comprehension is not that good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember it that way, but that's even more dark. I didn't either. And I was like, oh, okay, smothering me over. (laughs) Wow. I guess I typed it wrong. (laughs) But no, I I think this is definitely the 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 deep cut, as it were, of the Mm -hmm. of the song. Um Mm -hmm. and she spells it out right there. Like there's no more dancing around the bush. She's like, Don't treat me like some situation that needs to be handled, because that's exactly what they're doing with attempting some sort of um apology tour and um it's a it's an interesting verse i'm curious what what you think of it kp well i just think it's interesting here we really get a sense of some of the misogyny i think that taylor has faced Mm -hmm. because oftentimes with women and you see this in literature a lot not just like in songs but women are told to handle their emotions or that their emotions need to be handled. They don't need to be hysterical. They need to calm down. Don't cry. Don't be spiteful. That's ugly. That's not how a lady acts. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm okay with it. Like I'm fine with, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with the tears. I'm fine with the spite. You have a problem with it. I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with it. And so there's this sense of, there's this idea that she needs to get over it so that she looks like a nice, sweet, 
innocent girl who's agreeable but who always wants to be agreeable sometimes Mm. you're it's fine to have your own emotions and it's fine to have feelings and when men have these feelings we don't worry about it but when women have them you know we call them all sorts of names so Mm -hmm. that's what that part made me think of yeah I like that a lot me too um because at first it's sort of a weird series of images like I'm fine with Mm -hmm. my spite and my tears and my beers and my candles because it's sort of like okay like interesting image but what are we (laughs) describing here because Taylor always plays into these really specific images and it's something I, I love and you know it's why a scarf is still a trigger word in the fandom a decade later <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it is sort of a weird one here where it's like I don't know is Taylor known for her beers and her candles I it was an interesting um uh group of images to mm-hmm. put together but I like how you pin it which is that women don't have a way of being like everything they do can be sort of turned on its head to be like a negative or you're not or like you know like you're being dramatic yeah yeah Yeah. like you can't just you can't just cry and light candles and take a bubble bath because then you're just being a hysterical woman Mm -hmm. you can't go out and drink and try to forget because then you're you're handling it in such a dramatic way yeah you know and she's like i'm fine with it y'all have a problem with (laughs) it and that's a you problem yes i do love the line i'm fine with my spite because yeah Yes. (laughs) Like, let's get rid of toxic positivity. (laughs) I think it's healthy to have some (laughs) wide-ranging emotions. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me how you brought up, KP, of the man when she was talking about, if I was a man, Mm -hmm. this would be viewed totally different. If she was a man, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have to be handled and she she wouldn't be crying because she wouldn't be in this position. Mm -hmm. Someone else would be – she would be reaching out to other people for closure because they wanted to handle it fine. But I Mm -hmm. like this. Right. Yeah, and I like the, the situation. Line, um, yeah, I can feel <laughs> you smoothing my smoothing me over, um, because it is sort of that also presents the fact that this isn't done in good faith. Like he's not trying; they're not trying to reach out to be like, "Oh, how are you?" Like, I'm sorry mm-hmm. for how things went. He they're rewriting history by trying to cut corners or um, change the memory like it's it's very gaslighty to be like oh it's not as bad as you remember like can't we move on from it and that sensation is something that you can feel physically when you're like wait no this was a huge issue this was a damning moment Mm -hmm. like this was a deep cut and you can't just erase that to make yourself feel better or look better which is why I definitely think it's about her music and her life's work because when you think about like Bad Blood with Katy Perry, like that's something that can be smoothed over. That's something that can be handled and worked out. Like right now they're older. Right. They're in a better situation. Mm-hmm. It's it's behind them. But this issue right. in her life, I, I, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be behind her. She can never forgive that. It can't be smoothed over. It can't be ironed out. She's just going to be drinking her yeah. beers just without him. Yeah, and she just spits it out. Like, I don't need your closure, your closure, your closure, your closure. She's mm-hmm. just like, can you stop? And it does build, build to this sort of like it frustration. Does. And then mm-hmm. she has this release where she like lets it out on the bridge here. Yeah. Do you think that he's reached out more than once and she's just like, I am done. Stop it. I don't need your letter. I don't need people reaching out to me on your behalf. I don't need you going to the media and telling the media that you tried to apologize. You think she kind of got to the point where she was like, I'm done. I'm writing a song. That's going to be the closure. We're over. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting with Evermore. Like she talks a lot about how it's inspired by fiction and um, in a a hodgepodge of stories. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about other songs on the album where it seems like she's piecemealing specific parts of her life to make one storyline and I can sense that she likewise is pulling from similar experiences here to be like can everyone in my life who hurt me when they did like stop trying to Mm -hmm. come at me now that it's like now that I'm in a power position again like I I I saw your true colors I don't want Mm -hmm. any part of it like please leave me alone I could see that yeah yeah I agree okay so let's go into the bridge Shelby's favorite I know I'm just a wrinkle in your new life. Staying friends would 
iron it out so nice, guilty, guilty, reaching out across the sea that you put between you and me, but it's fake and it's oh so unnecessary. She just sings it in such a such a distinct way. It's like by the end of this bridge, she's just so over it that she's like, and it's just so unnecessary and it just like she yeah. takes that beat to be like yeah you are poison <laughs> and I am just done and I I really think it's delicious how she lets her mouth move around these words and and the melody changes and she's just kind of like talking through the bridge instead of following a, a musical note to the end mm-hmm. yeah the bridge is my favorite part for sure I love the metaphor with the wrinkle you know, it's almost like she realizes that she is an imperfection to this person because the whatever happened between them makes the other person look bad. And that's what the wrinkle is, right? It's mm-hmm. that it, it makes them look bad. And she's like, but I'm not going to give you the chance to iron it out. I'm not going to give you the chance to fix it. I'm just going to cut you off completely. You know, like she's just so, like you said, Shelby, just done. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. And when I listened to this for the first time, her voice like scared me. I was yeah. like, what is going Ooh. on? Yeah. Taylor, you know, <laughs> um, but it's so good. Yeah. She uses a lot of times in her songs, like a crumbled up letter. Um, and then she even talks about, I mean, it's not a letter, uh-huh. but a cardigan a that's, paper, yeah. yeah, a cardigan that's discarded underneath the, the bed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she uses this right now yeah. to really, I mean, it's tells us fans that it's really, this is cutting her really deep because she always uses this a wrinkled mm. up piece of paper to really tell about how um, discarded mm-hmm. she feels and how uh, scarred she mm-hmm. is and how you can't really get over this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like how she's even just, I know I keep going back to how she sings it, but I think it's such an interesting way that she's able to emphasize certain things just by her voice and mm-hmm. how she starts it is just like, it reminds me so much of when I'm in a fight or I'm trying to explain my emotions and I'm getting like caught up in the heat of the moment. And I'm just like gasping at certain points. Cause I can't form yeah. the sentence. I can't formulate the words. And she's like, I know I'm just, uh, and there's like this pause and she like gets to finally say her piece. And she's like yeah. stumbling through it to be like, ah, oh, like you're keep doing this. And I mm-hmm. keep telling you why it's not working. And can you just stop? And I really love the line, guilty, guilty, reaching out across the sea that you put between you and me. Um, Because, I mean, famously, Taylor Swift uh, moved to the UK and has has made a life for herself there that's much more private and much more personal and sort of a sacred space for her. Um, And I think it's interesting to look at the sort of toxic news cycle that was around that move when in 2016 there was a bad breakup a lot of you know cancellation Taylor Swift's over party and the snakes and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and all of this that built into a life that was no longer sustainable for her here and so she just fled and it was a good thing for her but now she's like ew you're trying to like come into my sanctuary you're like trying to invade my space here even though uh-huh. you're part of the reason I like yeah. left and I think that's an interesting literal reading of the line, but there's also just like a beautiful metaphor there to that like gulf we we put between us in a relationship that no longer is valuable to us. Right. Just that a sea in a figurative sense is just so vast and it's like this distance that can never really be overcome. I feel like she uses a lot of like sea imagery in these last two albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely see that again here. Um, that sort of motif of the sea being where shipwrecks happen mm-hmm. and danger and getting lost and sinking and all of that. So mm-hmm. I think it works really well here. Yeah. I like that. For sure. I didn't think of the the sea imagery, but now I'm that I'm like thinking about it and her songs yeah there's a lot yeah oh yeah oh my gosh. I love that. i'm pretty sure evermore the next track has some sea imagery but maybe i'm mixing them up <laughs> there's we'll too many songs out. to keep track of i know yeah. there's so many and now we have like all the, yeah. the vault editions that are coming out and uh. she's recording <laughs> it's like oh my brain is just going into overload i can't i can't keep right. up with this <laughs> yeah. yeah okay um, We'll f- uh, close this out with the chorus. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. It cuts deep to know you right to the bone. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. I know that it's over. I don't need your closure. Closure. Your closure. Your closure. I love how she ends out the song. And it's just, I don't need. And it's just like, 
your I think that there's even that space that you're talking about Shelby closure and then I think doesn't it just like abruptly cut off after that I think so like the song I, abruptly ends yeah I think so yeah, it doesn't like, have like the same bye. playoff that like something like champagne problems does yeah yeah oh <laughs> yeah, another deep <laughs> cut um, <laughs> but yeah I think this song serves its purpose well I think mm-hmm. she does a really good job of capturing that sort of anxiety of wanting something to be done but not not being able to let it go because the person keeps nettling you about it and it's just like it's a nice snap of hers because usually she does try to play it um I don't know kind of I think, like, as she talks about in her documentary and stuff, too, that she's struggled with wanting to be the the good girl and the nice girl and Uh the polite girl. And and even in her breakup tracks, she's obviously known for dishing dirt and calling names and, like, all of this. But she's also one who sings back to December and asks for forgiveness and believes in, like, second chances. And yet here she's like, you know what? There's some there's some things that you just can't fix Mm -hmm. and it's healthy for me to hold on to this. And I think, um, Mm -hmm. she talked about that in an interview where, um, on CBS Sunday, which, uh, she did right around when lover came out and when the news cycle was all about her wanting to re-record her, um, masters and would she ever forgive Scott or Scooter and she said you know people go on and on about like you have to forgive and forget to move past something and she said no you don't you don't have to forgive and you Great. don't have to forget to move on and so yeah. it is interesting that somehow along the last three years she's like here's a song to finally get my message across because I'm like <laughs> I'm sick of being told that I have to be nice and I have to be polite and I have to let you tell me how you feel when you never took my feelings into consideration. Mm -hmm. Because that's so exhausting. I mean, I don't know if either of you have read the poem, um, the Barbie doll poem. It's by, I believe, Marge Piercy or Maggie Piercy. But in the poem, there's this line where it says, you know, this woman has been told to look pretty and please others and always smile. Mm. And then it says her good nature wore out like a fan belt. Mm. And that's really what this reminds me of. Like, She's just tired and it's just like you can feel the exhaustion in her voice. Mm -hmm. And I love how like the repetition of the closure at the end, we sort of get the sense that this is closure on her terms. She's not playing into anyone else's closure. She doesn't care about their closure. That's not her problem. But she's going to take control over it now Mm -hmm. because at some point your good nature does just break. (laughs) Like it just wears out and you just have to like, you know, stand up for yourself. So I really, I really love it. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. So did your guys' opinion on the song, I mean, change? Do you value it more? Do you feel like you'll listen to it more now that you've <laughs> been able to break it down? <laughs> I mean, for me personally, if I can get over the beginning of the song, I can yeah. get through the song. It's really getting over that chaotic sound at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Someone told me – or. I think it was on Twitter. Someone had compared the beginning of this is why we can't have nice things to the beginning of this song. And they're very like jumpy songs, like all these different Mm. sounds and it's, it's chaotic. They're both chaotic intros. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to go listen to this is why we can't have nice things. And it's similar, but it's just, it's like 2.0 of that chaotic (laughs) sound on this is why we can't have nice things. But it's interesting because both of those both of those songs are very much about like prob- problematic people in Taylor Swift's life. So if I can get over, if I can have closure with the beginning of the song, <laughs> I can get through the song, but I don't know if I can. I yeah. <laughs> I well, that's know. okay. Um, well, let's get into these questions then and, yes. and we'll see if this will ever, if you'll have to get over this song. Mm-hmm. But um, do you guys have a, a lyric that you think is the most Taylor Swift lyric of them all? <laughs> I love the part where she's talking about She's going to keep her spite and her Mm -hmm. tears and her beers and her candles. Mm -hmm. I just, I love that part. I just think I love the way it sounds. I love the the meaning behind it. I think it just adds to the overall theme. Mm -hmm. I like that too. What about you, Shelby? Um, I said the wrinkle in your new life would iron it out so nice. Because I think, I think that's a nice Taylor Swift image. That's like very Mm -hmm. much, here's a very obvious thing, but I'm going to use it in a way you've never thought about really. And so that one stuck out to me. Well, you must have been cheating off my homework because that's what I picked. <laughs> the same thing, same sentiments <laughs> as you, Shelby. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Um, okay. Well, Easter egg hunt. Are there any Easter eggs in here? Any clues about 
old songs, new songs, relationships, mm. whatnot. I mean, I've basically just Easter egg <laughs> the whole, whole thing. Was, so yeah. I'll just go back to my <laughs> my theories of it being about <laughs> Scott Bruschetta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think for me, and this might be a reach, but I do think the reaching out across the sea felt like a nod to her her choosing a different coastline than <laughs> than she's mm-hmm. been in the past. Yeah. So I like that image. Yeah. What about you, KP? Did I just, you have I just think all of the the sea imagery mm-hmm. definitely feels like it fits in with like the rest yeah. of the album. Mm-hmm. And I love like Shelby, like you were saying, I feel like she does a really good job of giving us like literal and figurative at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I also think she was referring to like her literal move, mm-hmm. but at the same time we have the figurative motif yeah. of like the sea, which yes. is nice. Okay, well, this is the final score. This is where you should succeed, KP. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we try to grade it as if it was an assignment and just how, how we think it compares to her her other works. And so um, I guess, Ashley, do you have a, a letter grade for this song? I do. I do. And lo- I'm really, really nice to Taylor Swift. And <laughs> we just have to let you know, KP, that this is on a Taylor Swift curb. We are acknowledging <laughs> okay. that besides the two songs that Shelby hates <laughs> – she only writes great stuff. So <laughs> yes, I am okay. I am going to give it – I'm giving it a B-. minus. It has mm-hmm. great writing, but the production of the song really pulls me away from enjoying it. Yeah. I, I told you I was going to be harsher, Shelby. I'm proud of B-. you. B-. Yeah. That's the lowest grade <laughs> yeah. I've given. Yeah, I know. I'm wow, proud of you. Wow, that's – really good. Yeah. <laughs> We're very bad at grading <laughs> these. <laughs> yeah. What about you, KP? I was actually going to say a C plus. I I really do like the song. I think well, you know, it's a great song. It's it's lyrically well written. Yeah. I'm like you though, Ashley. The music is really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't listen to this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also think compared to her other work, there's not as much going on as in some mm-hmm. of. I mean, it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. compared to her other works where you're having to like get out the dictionary and you're having to. Yeah, you know, that's really what I liked. I yeah. Really yeah. Can tear it apart. So yeah. that's yeah. why. I was yeah no this is fairly straightforward but I appreciate that she was able to capture that sensation of anxiety in such a unique way um so I gave it a b but it is interesting because I I hate it but then I respect it for making me hate the beginning you know what I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) no I know exactly what you mean because that was definitely intentional right and so yeah yeah, no, I agree. So I'm like, do I love it? No, but I got to give you props. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But is this going to make the set list? I say no. <laughs> mm, mm, I hope not. I really, really hope not. You're in the stadium and it just goes, da 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 And you're like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Is this what I want my ticket? Bye, guys. Do you agree, KP, or do you think this will be a secret? Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to rock out to this yeah. concert. Yeah. This yeah. would bring down my whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to go grab your beer and go cry in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. yeah this is, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I guess that only leaves tea time if you were going to okay. spill the tea for us. Yes. So, KP, you're not on – are you on any social media besides YouTube? Just Instagram. Instagram. Okay. So you probably really yeah. haven't seen a lot of this no. drama. So there's – so I'm don't... surprised you're bringing it up, honestly. I'm not I, – why? Well, because I feel like it can go in either direction and yeah. there's strong feelings and that's like our body of audience and like which side are you going to take? Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind so of, intrigued. I'm okay. kind of objective towards this. So in okay, the okay. past, KP, what's been really controversial with Swifties is anytime anyone feels excluded from a group. So, you know, Taylor Swift does secret sessions and people go to her house and then they they leave and all these people have like this this inside secret and this inside group mm-hmm. and it's very exclusive and a lot of drama is bringing out of that because people are like, oh, like, I guess I'm not as cool as you. I guess I'm not as cool as you because oh. I didn't meet Taylor Swift. So I feel like the secret sessioners of this year 
people feel are senior Swifties because <laughs> yeah, but not oh. like they're not jealous of us. It's more. It's not like oh, I wish I would. I can't. I was a senior Swiftie. It's that hashtag well, senior and, Swiftie. And to clarify, um, senior Swifties is anyone over the age of twenty five. So yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So like yeah. So Yikes. I'm like an ancient. Okay. <laughs> I'm a super senior. Yeah. Yeah. So, We're geriatric. Yeah. So I, I, I'm geriatric. And, I, you know, being on Twitter, I kind of – I guess what really sparked this whole senior Swifty debate is because, well, a lot of people have been tweeting about it, posting about it, gaining a lot of followers because I want to follow more mature Swifties. And someone tweeted that they got a, the, the best day merch and a lot of it was like broken and just was in bad quality. And she kind of was complaining about it. And somebody, uh, maybe a younger Swifty, was like, um – why are you even worried about this? You're old. You should be paying your rent and not buying merch. Like, well, and feeding and feeding your babies and feeding your babies and paying your bills. Um, and so that really sparked a lot of like contention, and people were really mad. A lot of senior Swifties were like, "What?" And then a lot of younger Swifties were like, "Whoa!" Like you guys are like overreacting. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like any kind of click within our <laughs> chill, chill down. I think like any kind of click within the the Swifty hood kind of just causes drama. So you're lucky you're not on Twitter to see this. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't. If anything, I wish I was younger Swifty. Take back my wrinkles and my smile lines. Like make me twenty four uh, right. again. I don't Same. want to be senior Swifty. <laughs> Maybe Taylor will notice me if I'm not so old. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, no, but what's your I take? Shall all go down? Yeah. I am. Um, I just avoided it. Honestly, yeah. it was like it's too much sometimes. What people yeah. get upset about on both sides, and mm-hmm. it's like we just have such rapid fire response that something that would have just faded away suddenly becomes a yeah. whole deal where it's like yeah. all anyone is tweeting about. And then yeah. that invites the opportunity for worse takes to come down the line because then. After that happened, some senior Swifties were like, well, we are better than you. And then people were like, no, we don't mean. And so it just becomes this mess and it's just exhausting. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like, you know, Taylor Swift has given us instructions to like, you know, you say it in the street, it's a knockout. You say it in a tweet, it's a cop out. So (laughs) yeah, I think it's just the, the Twitter policing of um, Mm -hmm. how people engage with Taylor Swift or whatever is just kind of a, a moot point, I feel like. Yeah. And, you know, our podcast, we have we have a lot of senior Swifties who listen, but we have a, like, a, we have a lot of, like, I guess, regular age Swifties who, who listen <laughs> right. and younger Swifties who listen. So it's just kind right. of like, oh, like trying to divide a fandom like that is just not – it's just so weird to me that you're, like, using your age as age superiority or you're, like, looking down on someone who's older. Yeah. It's just like, come on, let's be friends. This is why we can't have nice things. Let's have some closure on this and put it to rest. Let's iron it out. Yeah. Um, but. Exactly. Wow. This is, like, all blowing yeah. my mind. Yeah. Like, I, I really did not know that this was a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really, before I started my channel, I assumed all Swifties were our age and we grew up with. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know that there were so many like young people yeah. oh, who yeah. were still so into her music, and so it's just so interesting. And that there's like turmoil between everyone. <laughs> and I think it's yeah. when when Taylor's quiet, people are just like unrest, and they just find anything to like. They tweet about everything <laughs> yeah, and something. then nitpick. yeah, 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 yeah. No, so if you ever find yourself on Twitter, just um. Just beware, because you never know what what controversy will strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's oh, it's no. fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> but oh. KP, thank you so much for being on. Honestly, it's a pleasure, yeah. and you you educated both of us, and I'm sure our audience. And um, can you let people know where to find you and um, anything else you want to say about your channel so that they can yeah. too be educated? <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely uh, go to English Teacher KP on YouTube and like and subscribe and watch all my videos. Nice. And then I'm also on Instagram, English Teacher KP. Okay. Yes. I was trying to find you and I could not. Yeah, it's so just at English Teacher KP. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no and I have to you. say, I, I saw your champagne problems um, break down and it was really, first of all, I love that song. So I loved everything mm-hmm. you said about it, but it was also fun to watch you realize what was happening in real time and <laughs> yeah. when you realized it was a proposal that went awry I was like oh 
I wish I could go back to listening to it for the first time. So that's, that's one of the that that's one of the hardest reactions that I've done. Yeah. Is that one because it was just so like I couldn't it hurt so much, just like the pain in the song. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like I couldn't I think I've maybe listened to it once or twice since I did that oh, reaction because really? I just I can't love. listen to it again. I yeah. love a good I love a good painful <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like make me feel things, Taylor. <laughs> Um, but no, it was so fun having you on. We'll have to have you back. Um, for anyone looking for more Swiftish content, we are at SwiftishPod13 on Twitter, um, at SwiftishPodcast on Instagram. We have our Patreon where we get to talk to more at length in a group chat that is just full of gems, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, and we also do, uh, you'll be able to watch video, so you'd be able to see KP in the flesh on this yeah. episode. Um, so you can check that out at patreon.com backslash Swiftish podcast. Mm-hmm. And we also started a book club. Um, so if anyone wants to join our Patreon, Merid- Club Meredith is doing a book club. We are reading The Last Love Letter to Our Lover because Joe Alwyn is in that movie on Netflix Bless in July. Heart. So I'm very excited yeah. about that. But until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor Swift, we do not need this closure. This closure <laughs> at all. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Where's the third album? Yeah. Uh,